Uh, hey, welcome to uh, welcome to this week's this Friday this week's episode of uh, You Can't Be Serious. Um, we're talking about guitars today again. You didn't have enough of it last week. Get ready for more. Um, I am uh, I'm one half of your 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 hosting duo, Joshua Tracy. Hey, everybody, and I'm Matt Tory. And uh, I guess to just get on into it. Uh, Eddie Van Halen died, and if you don't know who that is, I don't know why you're listening to this show. Um, and so it's a pretty, it's a pretty big fucking deal in the music world. Um, Matt, what was your, I guess, reaction initially when you learned he died? Honestly, like. The first, so like I think the the first way I read, I saw like someone post. It was like a post on Instagram or something, and uh, I had to double check to make sure that it was real. I was like, ah, this is probably fake. This has got to be fake. Um, but then I remembered that he had been sick, and I'm like, ah, this is probably not fake. Um, and you know, obviously, it wasn't. He uh, he passed, and it was. See Van Halen's Van Halen's always been a a a a weird uh influence of mine like I I got really into his music later than you'd expect um but uh just super sad man and I think it's it's been really cool to see how like how many different people I follow a lot of different uh music artists and a lot of different like people who are involved in creating music content like online and stuff on instagram and just seeing uh you know regardless of the genre or of like you know age just the the wide sweeping like influence and effect that this had on on the music community in general beyond just the electric guitar So how would you? So just to get into to the to the Van Halen fandom a little bit, um, it's a it's a much more vain question than you know the rest of this conversation. But this is just out of curiosity: which era of Van Halen did you did resonated with you the most? Oh, the re- the early stuff like Van Halen one, Van Daily Halen Raw? two. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um. Personally, yeah, I just I the early stuff is just way more raw and like I I like that energy. Um Yeah, the uh you know, the 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 Sammy Hagar era was like, oh wow, we are really in the eighties, aren't we? And then the Gary Cherone era, everyone goes, Who? And then David Lee Roth came back. Actually, no, I then I think Hagar came back. Yeah, yeah. And yep, then they yep. kicked him out again or he left again, I don't know. And then yeah, David Lee then, Roth came back. Yeah. Um. And yeah, but uh, you know, I whenever anyone thinks of Van Halen ever, they're going to think of the David the original David Lee Roth era. Um. So in in terms of Eddie Van Halen style, how did you grapple with that, like as a guitar player? Grapple with his loss or grapple with his style? Let's go with style. I mean, because like it, he, he, he's one of the few guitar players who really changed, but you know, there's a clear delineation, you know, pre Van Halen, post Van Halen, what people were doing on the guitar and what was cool and what was like, you know, in the, the spotlight. Um, he, totally changed, you know, kind of, he invented, uh you know shredding as we know it um today anybody who uh anybody who plays fast in like a in a rock context um owes some some respect or some credit to eddie van halen for paving the way and making that you know a way to make money (laughs) you know um and uh there's very few uh guitar players who transcend just being a good guitar player and actually you know doing something more than that um jimmy uh jimmy hendrix was obviously one of those um eddie van halen is another who you know he 
people outside of the guitar playing community, people outside of the music community, um, understand and and see, you know, kind of his his skill and his you know what he brought to the to the instrument, um, and he was able to achieve something beyond just you know a a guitar player being a good guitar player do you have any like van halen in your own actual style so no <laughs> so here's the thing. so i uh, so what i what what i what i like so much about his playing um obviously is the you know obviously i the crazy fast stuff is really cool um but kind of i think where where i hear van halen a little bit in my own playing is just in like the just like the swagger that he like played everything with even like the simplest riffs there was just always this sense of like just immense swag and just coolness to to what he was playing um it just sounded hot it just sounded you know it, it it cut through the mix and it just like i don't know it just sounded like nothing else you know before it and and really nothing you know not much since um he has such a unique sound um even in the realm of uh you know screeching fast guitar which you know uh this might be a controversial thing to say um can sometimes sound you know uh kind of similar to to the untrained ear um he uh he's instantly recognizable and and is you know a true original i have i have somewhat of a complicated opinion of eddie van halen um so all right I, Let's start in in one sphere of it. Uh, I, as part of a greater conversation, I view Van Halen not so much as a true innovator as I do the logical conclusion of where guitar was going when he got famous. By far the best at what he did in that respect I think he did it in a much more interesting way than like an Ingwe Malmsteen or whatever. Um, it wasn't just because you, when you listen to Ingwe Malmsteen, it's just like, yeah, no, that's fast. Um, yeah, yeah. Because Ingwe's tone, like you, the notes blurred together, like you said. Van Halen had, and we can talk about his tone forever. The tone of his guitar is phenomenal, but he played in an era where everyone was playing fast. Because that's where guitar was going. I think it would have probably gotten there if he hadn't been there, but he certainly accelerated it, which is why I would I want to give him credit as being, I mean, like the fucking guy. You know, like it's easy to, to look at football and say, yeah, it's a passing league, but you still gotta look at Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and go, Yeah, but they're the best at it. Um, so full credit to Van Halen in that respect. But like I I've I I don't know. I, I think it's more interesting. I think his songwriting is by far more interesting than his what he... That's not even true. I'm trying to nuance it in the right way, but I think there's a clear line of where guitar playing as a, as a style was going if you draw that line from like Page through the years to Van Halen. Oh, I, I think so. I think you're right in that the style of shred guitar and you know blistering guitar solos it, that was kind of a natural evolution of what was happening with the electric guitar that i that i will agree with um but but i think but i think that so I guess are you saying that and that you don't think he was an innovator as much as just a great a guitar player who happened to be in the right place at the right time and just Well, it, my 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 trouble I guess is with the word innovator and I think it gets thrown around a lot when we talk about people who were great at things. Um 
Because that's the thing about Evan Halen is he was great, great at what he did. But so like you know you know what? Let's compare him to Tom Morello. So I think Van Halen is a better guitar player than Tom Morello. I mm-hmm. think Tom Morello is a vastly more innovative guitar player than Van Halen is. I'm happy. I'm so happy you brought up Tom Morello because I wrote down that I wanted to bring him up at some point <laughs> in this. And I'm like, ah, I don't is that is that too is that too different? Like, cause he's not a, but I'm really glad you did because I agree with what you just said. Um, and it's like, it's, it feels like such a shittiest distinction to make because I don't want to, it does want to make does. it sound like yeah. I'm detracting at all from Van Halen because Van Halen, yeah. obviously one of the greats, but I think it's different. Like I, and it, it, this comes down to how you value just, just what you look for out of a musician. Um, but because because innovation is, is important and cool. Um, so if you like Tom Morello more than Van Halen for that reason, you are well within your right to do that. And if you mm-hmm. think perfection is, is is and blazing accuracy, in addition to some really interesting like classical music ideas that were tossed into some Van Halen riffs and shit, then yeah, then Van Halen's right there for you too. But there, I don't think it makes as much sense to call Van Halen an innovator as much as it does like like that that logical conclusion of where we were going, you know, what were you going to okay. say be- uh, b- between him, uh, vis-a-vis Tom Morello? Well, so I just, the, just the idea of, I started, I started kind of racking my brain of like, you know, who else, who else since then has really innovated w- what we think of as, you know, electric guitar. Um, because I mean, obviously you were making the argument that Eddie Van Halen is less innovation, more the natural culmination of everything that was happening in electric guitar, just kind of coming together at the right place, at the right time with someone who's immensely talented. Um, and Tom Morello was the only guy I could think of who really did something different with the guitar that no one else was doing, is doing really has done and really has, um, you know, beyond just like uh, a a signature tone or a signature, he really has his his signature you know style of playing the guitar that is instantly recognizable. Um, but at the same time, you know, I feel like it's again not to knock uh, Tom Morello's guitar playing, but it almost seems. Uh, like too much to call him an innovator because he's not known for his technical prowess, um, you know, on the guitar, which is, which is maybe that's, maybe that's like my own like personal bias and like how I think of, you know, a great guitar player or a great guitarist or a guitar God, if you will, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's a silly opinion um, because Les Paul is certainly one of the most important innovators of guitar in the history of the instrument. And not like not a bad guitar player, but definitely nowhere near any of his peers at the time or since. Um, and I think that's could also be applied to Tom Morello. Is that what makes him an interesting guitar player? Isn't so much the technical stuff, but it's how he bends the medium to make it fit the sounds he's trying to create, which is innovation. Okay, so then then in the same vein. Uh, what are your thoughts on the edge from you two? Uh, I think he's I think he's a good guitar player. I don't get why he often gets brought up in these conversations, though. Okay, not, not even saying by you, just like in general. Whenever I see him in yeah. like like yeah. you know a, a top pick a number, a top whatever list of guitar sure. players, I sure. never understand why he's there. Go on. No, he's just he he's a he's a he's a solid guitar player. He is an absolutely solid guitar player. Um and I think he makes interesting sounds. I think yeah. he's got interesting tones and interesting effects that he's able to to run to make the the type of tones and again, I'm just going to repeat myself, effects that he was going for, but I think it's much different than what you get out of a guy like Tom Morello and in terms of his actual skill I don't think he's anywhere near even a prince. 
So I don't get the hype. So I agree with you. Um, I, I just, I think I'm going to make the same, a similar argument that you made for Van Halen. Like, I just think that his, I understand why he gets brought up in, in these conversations because he, when you think of, uh, you know, big ambient delays and, and, and huge choruses and, and lots of effects units and things like that, um, he's kind of one of the big names that, that you think of, you know, at least who crossed over into mainstream success for that. Um, but my, my feeling is just that, that it's, you know, it, it was, it's almost a natural evolution of kind of where guitar effects were, were going. There was, that's, that's kind of where, uh, I don't know. Like it just less him doing the innovating and him just kind of being there while the innovations happened. Well, I um, I think you bring up I think this is an interesting point in addition to something that you said earlier which was um how Van Halen feels like one of the last dudes that you think of in terms of like, you know, that whole big name guitar guy innovator kind of kind of guitar god type of dude is that mm-hmm. Once you hit that point, once you hit the Van Halen point, you're not playing faster. You, you mm-hmm. I mean, you might play faster than Van Halen. I can't imagine that's going to sound good. Well, so um, and that's where you get guys like Ingvay Malmsteen, right? Um, and you're not going to get too much more mainstream with it because Van Halen is like half rock, half Huge. pop. Like, like some Huge. of their shit is, yeah. yeah, they're so mainstream, and I mean that in yeah. a good way. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like, like what, in terms of what Van Halen was doing, which again is why I keep saying he's the logical conclusion for where guitar was going up to that point is you're not going to get anybody who is combining performance and technique in that way anymore. You know, that now we now need to look elsewhere for what is going to be happening with guitar, which is why Matt and I just brought up Tom Morello and The Edge, because now you have a guy who's fucking with the actual electronics of a guitar and a guy who's trying to do a better job routing with his pedals and his effects loops to make the what he is limited and capable of doing on the guitar sound more interesting because we have reached the finality of where the standard idea of playing is. Because like that was that was Tom Morello's whole thing. Like I I mentioned this to you before, but I listened to an interview with him once where he was like he grew up with Van Halen on the cover of Guitar Magazine, with um, writers writing in in the magazine saying like, "Well, pack it up. Like we've done on guitar all things that can be done on the guitar." Um, and Tom Morello was like, "The electric guitar is like thirty years or like fifty years old at that point in time." Um, it's a very new instrument. We certainly have not done all the things on it that we, that could possibly be done, which is why he makes a you know a big thing about constantly changing, uh, you know, making different percussive sounds and switching different toggles on and off while he plays to to add to it and slapping strings and there's a lot of weird non like play those notes you big idiot type of <laughs> type of sound because. You know, to quote Frank uh, Frank Zappa, "Shut up and play your guitar," um, because he wanted to show that there was more to do with it. Because once you hit the Van Halen point, you know, you're what else are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good. You you have to take it a different different direction because you know the because like that's, we, a, that's interesting i've never thought about it i've never thought about about that because because I, th- I think you're totally right is that at, at at that point in in order to stay interesting you 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 could no longer just be faster or more popular or louder right right because eddie you know van halen was the loudest fastest most popular band you know guitar player you know there there was and so where do you go from there um exactly it's also, and it's also and I, interesting I wanna... no, no 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 go ahead go ahead go ahead another similarity that i that i just thought of but, but 
Van Halen and Tom Morello both made their guitars. They both, uh, you know, Frankenstein, the, their, their, their axes together. Um, and have you ever heard the story of how Tom Morello of like how he actually built his guitar and like um, he he talks about having gone through like I don't know, like three or four different necks and like a bunch of different bodies, like a ton of different electronics and like trying to get it just right. Spent like a ton of money, um, like by whatever the year was standards on trying to get like, you know, the guitar that was perfect for him. Got to where it is now. And when he you know, when he got back from the guitar tech plugged it in went to go play it and he's like this is fucking trash this is garbage <laughs> this is horrible this is like the worst guitar ever um but he told himself he's like i just spent all this fucking money fucking with it like let me try to figure out let, let me try to let me just sit with it and see if i can make it work and see if i can adapt my playing to the guitar rather than trying to force the guitar to like you know whatever and that's the guitar that uh you know that he plays uh what is it it's uh 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 it's uh, uh arm the homeless so arm the homeless yeah, oh, yeah yeah arm the homeless arm the homeless i always i always want to say it's like kill the homeless but i'm like that's not it it's not kill the homeless it's something else it's a good thing for the homeless yeah arm the homeless that one um but uh but i just think it's funny that he like spend all this time trying to make the, the perfect guitar and then you know it's like a it's almost like a like a cautionary tale to anybody who says like oh i'm gonna build i'm gonna build my own guitar and i'm gonna make the perfect you know custom guitar myself like don't even try <laughs> hey man money money can't buy you a great setup necessarily although ah um, uh, eh, retracted anyway <laughs> um but go, going back to 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 the um the previous point about at some point speed and tapping and all the flare reaches like a maximum density think about your own guitar playing you know like at some point you and i realized how fast we reasonably could play and just adjusted from there you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, there there was a period in time where while we were still building speed, playing stuff faster was that that was it. It was just, well, how do I play that faster? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or or yeah. But eventually there's a there's a tipping point, right? Where where it, it becomes no longer feasible to go faster. Um and and that I think then lends itself to the question of well what what do we do from here, um, which is get get weird, um, or you know make it funky. And I actually think that's one of the reasons we see um, a lot of the guitar players that I see that um, are are big popular dudes now are guys playing like funk. You know, it's 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 Corey Wong, it, it's it's Mark Ledieri, you know, like some jazz shit. It, it's stuff that we that was you know being done before but at some point you can't just the era of hey you can shred that makes this good i think is kind of gone and now it's all right let's make it into music you know um yeah very much the 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 clips uh like the you know the 10 15 second clips of guitar playing on Instagram of 10 years ago versus now, uh, you know, the difference of, you know, just shredding metal stuff to, you know, what is jokingly called Instagram jazz, right? Um, you always have these gaps and I when we're in person, I can tell if you're going to keep talking or not, but over <laughs> discord, I can never tell. Yeah. I, so that one, I was going to keep talking. Um, but I, I kind of like lost, lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> and it was hoping you would just jump in seamlessly and, and we could, <laughs> you wouldn't call it. I don't want to cut you it, off. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hate cutting you off. I feel like such a dick every time I do it. 
it's fine. It's fine. Um, Cause so did, did you ever try learning eruption? Oh, of course. Of how course. Did, how, how did that go? Um, <laughs> oh, well, so, you know, I did the, it's like, I, I can't play any of it. I could do the, I could sort of do the little tappy part really badly, you know, like enough to make a, you know, 11 or 12 year old Matt Tory go like, Oh yeah, I, I'm doing it. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, but no, it was like, um, honest. I remember like, so I, I, I'm not going to say I remember the first time I saw it, but I remember like being really, really young and, and seeing on like, in like early YouTube days, it was like 2000, 2007 or something like that. Uh, the, one of the clips of, of, of Eddie Van Halen playing eruption. He, it's like, it's like he goes off on like this huge solo that it's like an eight minute version or something like that. But, um, it, it was just, it was so crazy. It was, so, it was so crazy that like, there were just that many notes. I just remember being like, I don't know, just awestruck. Um, because, um, I mean, obviously, I've talked to him in the past that I grew up a huge uh, Led Zeppelin fan. Um, and what? So, and so, and so uh, you know, Jimmy Page plays fast. You know, there's, 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 he's got some, he's got licks and uh, uh, he's got some speed. But um, there's, comparatively speaking, way less like, footage of jimmy page and his prime playing um and so like to see the video of the guy doing it and like seeing him tap on the on the fucking fretboard and like um was just so cool and like i totally understand how how he would go on to inspire you know a literal a literal generation of guitar players to say yeah you know what that's cool I'm going to do that or I'm going to try to do that. Um, well, and and what's more than that is he did it making it look fucking easy. Yeah. Like yeah. that that's another big difference. Like when you watch, you know, Jimi Hendrix solos or Jimmy Page solos or mm -hmm. even like a a, a a like mainstream rock dude like Angus Young, like they're like sweating through their solos and like wrenching with every move. And it's it's cool. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's like it's it's bad at all. I think we can yeah, all yeah. agree that like watching Jimi Hendrix play guitar is fun. But like Eddie Van Halen would be up there busting out some of the most ridiculous shit you can fathom uh, in terms of, of of speed and dexterity. And he's just like smiling. He's just smoking like a, smoking a cigarette, like just, playing with have, one hand. Yeah, he's yeah. just having a good time. Like, yeah, yep, and yep. It, it's it's mind blowing because like you know I also tried learning eruption at some point. I honestly don't even remember trying to learn it i know that i did but i mean i don't remember how that process went because i almost certainly gave up on it very yeah. quickly well you um, know what it's possible but i like, i just told myself i had the wrong guitar that's what it was that's uh, why i couldn't play it i had the wrong guitar don't my i i can't tap i i can't do it i don't understand how it works and i don't care to learn because it makes me mad well, it's because you got the wrong guitar. It's the wrong set. If you had, if you had the right guitar, you'd be, you could, you know. You got to scale up your fretboard, bro. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's what all, that's all it is, man. Um, <laughs> and so, um, to be yeah, fair just, though, you, you're the that Epiphone. Uh, what is it? The Riviera. That would be. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear someone play Eruption on that guitar because it would probably be bad. Oh yeah, it would. It would. It would be terrible, and you would basically break the guitar. Um, because it is, it is not built for that type of. Can you do whammy dives on that? Uh, Actually, you can. Yeah, yeah. Does it stay? Does it stay in tune? Is it? It does. Su surprisingly, it does. It it, really? it It's got some really shit parts to it, like all of the knobs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and the perpetually um fading and and rusting hardware, but in terms of like the basic functionality of a guitar it's all rock solid gotta say you know what's so i i, I remember learning this a long time ago and i and i just re rediscovered it um the, his van halen's original guitar like the um i think it was bumblebee right is what he called it um like the the white and black one before we painted it red like 
the um, Frankenstrat? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Um, he ended up naming them all, like, like, because he had a, a several Frankenstrats, but like, um, the first one, the one that he played on on Van Halen one, um, had, uh, I don't know, some like it was like a B stock Fender neck, um. The body was like a uh, a B stock, whatever, like copy of a of a Fender Strat body because it had like a knot in the wood. Um, and he ended pickup wise, he ended up putting in uh, the the bridge pickup from like an old uh, Gibson ES three thirty five, and he didn't really know how how to wire a guitar, so he literally just wired it straight to. A volume knob to the output jack. Didn't know how to wire a tone knob. Didn't know how to wire a second pickup and just went, yep, that'll do. That's all I need. Um, and that's all he needed. <laughs> it's tough to say he was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the consequence of only having the volume knob he- and not have, having a tone knob is that it like becomes like a super high output pickup which is it was already a super high output pickup because it was like uh, a humbucker off of a, a gibson 335 um and then straight to the the output jack and so it was just like this super high output pickup with the tremolo system and like it was just with super it was just all the things he needed and none of the things he didn't need on the guitar so he basically invented the joe dark bass <laughs> That's what uh, you're telling me. Sure. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that that they ripped uh, that Music Man ripped off uh, Eddie Van Halen in the design of the Joe Dart Music Man bass. I knew it. I knew it. So let me let me ask you about Eddie Van Halen, the songwriter. Because I think, actually, you know what? No, I'm going to get to that second. I want to talk about Eddie Van Halen, the collaborator. Like, okay, because he, I, I was shocked scrolling through Twitter that people didn't know he was the guy that played the guitar solo on Michael Jackson's "Beat It." Oh man, really? Yeah, like how? I don't how mean do you not sound, know that. Really, I don't like, mean to sound snooty, but like that is such a. Even if you did not. Someone did not tell you that, but you knew who Van Halen was, and you've listened to the song "Beat It." You should be able to put two and two. I'm not even a big like you gotta know a guy's tone kind of dude, but like, wow! I mean, come on, it's right there. It's as Eddie Van Halen of a guitar solo as it like. If you were to like, uh, you only had you know 20 seconds to explain to somebody what Eddie Van Halen sounded like. Maybe I guess you could pick 20 seconds from a rupture never, but like that, the guitar solo from Beat It wouldn't be a bad choice of just like, this is the essence of Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing. Like you could figure the rest out from there. Um, but yeah, man, he, uh, so, so oh, like, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You ask your question. No, I was going to take it a different way. So you, you keep going. I was just going to say like, how much of that like do you think beat it right do you think michael jackson wanted a guitar solo there and and absolutely like so i like if eddie van, like if eddie van halen hadn't existed right let's take eddie let's pretend this is an alternate universe where eddie van halen doesn't exist but everything else remains the same somehow um does probably would have been done by slash but so so um slash was michael jackson's guitar player for a while so like they i'm not even being joking or saying it's a hypothetical like in all in all statistical likelihood it probably would have been slash matt yeah wow yeah no you're 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 right you 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 win. <laughs> um, well, because I was going to ask, if, like, do you think the guitar solo still, still would have sounded like that? Do you still think he would have said, like, yeah, we need a blistering guitar solo here? And you're probably right. You probably would have said, yeah, we need a blistering guitar solo here. Get the well, guitar player in here. <laughs> yeah. 
in in part because like you know everything had a guitar solo back then kind of like how every pop song has a rap break now um but i think it's such an because like think about how wild of a crossover that like that you had michael jackson it's 19 it is 1982 Mm -hmm. michael jackson's coming off off the wall Mm -hmm. the last great disco album he's about to drop thriller which will become the highest selling album of all time and then on that one of the the you know the the big tracks off of thriller you have a song featuring the guitar player probably the biggest name in contemporary guitar playing from one of the biggest bands in his own genre which is a pretty different crowd i would have to imagine than who would have been your typical michael jackson consumer of music and then collab to make what is one of Michael Jackson's best songs and one of Eddie Van Halen's most recognizable solos. Like, what else could you possibly compare that to in terms of collaboration that covers both the virtuosity of the two people involved, um, the the notoriety of the two people involved, and the genre crossing? Because like that's big. Like the only thing that I can come off, come up with off the top of my head, and it's not even close, but it's off the top of my head. So, you know, is what it is. Is um, in terms of recent shit, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus being on uh, "Old Town Road" by Lil Nas X. That's the closest I got, and it's not the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Nile Rodgers and Daft Punk on "Get Lucky." I, I I think you're a little closer there, but <laughs> dude, you set yourself up like honest, like you had talked it so far down, like oh, this is not. You're right, this is not going to be uh, a close comparison, but like let's hear hear what it is. And I was still shocked. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it was a big song, Thriller or Beat. It was a big song. Everyone knows Michael Jackson or. Uh, the Eddie Van Halen, everyone knows Billy Ray. That's all, that's all I got though. Like it ends uh, you, there. That's as far you, as you, you heard it here, folks. Uh, Josh Tracy just equated uh, Michael Jackson with Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, Old Town Road is a better song than Beat It. Um, and thanks for listening. Uh, join us next week. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as I will no longer be a host of this show. Um, yeah, man, that's crazy. I I actually can't think of anything off the top of my head there's nothing coming to mind i and it's so strange that i i never actually i never had that realization because i listened that that's a great song i mean everyone listens to that song all the time it's a great song um and huh i don't know that is that is is beat it the 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 best uh collaboration of two uh titans of 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 genres, I, I, I don't know. I, I, because like I, I would feel comfortable saying it's 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 got to be one of the best, right? It's got to be in like the top five or like top ten at least. I can't think of any. Uh I I'm really racking my brain, and that's the thing. I I, I could we could reasonably look this up and and you know do a modicum of research mid show. I don't want to do that. Um. For one, because I'm lazy, and for another thing, because if it was that big, because like if, if you know, I think if this worked the other way around, and we were like, "Hey, what's a what's a really big name collab between um, two artists at their peak?" I think "Beat It" would be a pretty big. Uh, I think it would be on the forefront of both of our minds within the specific context. It's a little bit trickier, you know, as I'm thinking about uh, uh... hip hop because hip hop does this type of stuff a lot um so i so i just pulled up a quick little list here what about aerosmith and run dmc on walk this way again hip-hop is different because like the collaboration aspect of it is built into the medium granted there is that genre crossing there um Mm. which i'll give it some credit for but at the same time Stephen Perry was so drunk and high all the time. I'm not sure he knew that was a a, a, a cover. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I agree that I think B it's a, a, 
a, a better example of this cross genre collaborating. But um, that is one that I forgot about. Is there anything else on that on that list? Not nothing. Nothing worth talking about. Not really. <laughs> um, what about this one? Twenty three random musical collaborations so epic they changed the game. Ooh, uh, let's hear it. Uh, All in My Head by Nelly and Tim McGraw. I I couldn't I don't know I don't know that song at all. Hey, look at this Old Town Road uh with Lil Nas and <laughs> Billy Ray. There so, we go. Uh, there you go. I feel vindicated. There you go. Um Oh, look at that. So so there there was a there was a remix uh of Old Town Road Soul Town Road by Lil Nas and RM from BTS. Ah, you get it? Neat. You, yes. You get it? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's that funky city with that that's pronounced soul but has too many letters. Uh, what about four or five seconds by Rihanna, Kanye West, and Paul McCartney? That was what? kind of an interesting one. I I remember when that one came out. That was interesting. Nope. No um, idea. Couldn't tell you. Ooh, actually, though, speaking of Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, they have a song together. Uh, really? Yeah. What? Uh, Girl is Mine. I've never heard that song. It's a weird song. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, Michael Jackson did at one point own like most, if not all of the Beatles catalog. Did he not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, the Michael Jackson song Girlfriend, I think was written by Paul McCartney to be sung with Michael Jackson. And then they, and, scheduling wise i don't think it worked out which is why they ended up doing um a different song later on which became um girl is mine mm. and then in terms of other big name collabs none of them just thinking more about it and have to say them uh stevie wonder and paul mccartney ebony and ivory mm, yeah not not as genre crossing but but still no. epic collaboration yeah yeah those are two super famous dudes Ah. It feels so different because it's also two very distinct, different genres. You know, like Michael Jackson was very, very pop, first of all, but also yeah. very much so a perfectionist. And the especially the era that was, you know, that run of off the wall thriller and bad, very mm -hmm. particular with what type of sound and what non-musical sounds were being put on the record. And then you add in. So it's a very like idiosyncratic record in addition to being well executed and then you add in who is like an unmistakable voice in guitar uh, also at like the height of his fame in van halen and I, I even though i think some of these are also really big names like i just said with stevie wonder and paul mccartney i think everybody knows it, it's not like even if they didn't know the name you go yeah you know the guy who played superstition and that one guy from the beatles is still alive yeah those two guys and everyone be like oh yeah okay um, it's it just doesn't feel the same because even and even to argue against my own, I don't, I don't even think I really need to argue. Like we took it seriously. Um, the Billy Ray Cyrus and Lil Nas X one, Billy Ray Cyrus is not at the peak of his fame. Lil Nas X is, you know, so like, or he was yeah. when that when that came out. So that totally flies. But like, I'm, like it was cool yeah. that Billy Ray Cyrus did it, but it's not like someone so gargantuan in a different sphere. At the like peak of his career, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's just so different. Yeah. So how much do you think... So I... Obviously, like, having the name Van Halen, right? Like, that's a cool-sounding name. Like, do you think if his name was, like, Eddie Smith? Do you think I'd be called... Do you think, do you think that I think the band would be called The Smiths? A band that already exists? So that's not what I'm asking, but 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 that is a good thing to think about. That is a a because who who debuted first? What would the Smiths be called if Eddie Van Halen was named Eddie Smith and they decided to call their band the Smiths? Because I think Van Halen came first. They, I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure the Smiths is an '80s band. Um, 
So, so that's what I want to talk about today, Josh. I want to talk about the alternate universe where Eddie Van Halen is named Eddie Smith, and well, they named their band the Smiths. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Van Halen started as Mammoth until they found out that Mammoth was already a name, and then they had to change it, and they were between Van Halen and something really stupid like like really stupid. I want to say it was like between Van Halen and rat soup or something like that. <laughs> and they ended up going with Van Halen, which like, yeah, not a hard competition. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, people name bands after Steely Dan's named after a sex toy, man. People bands are named after all types of weird shit. The doors is named after an Aldous Huxley poem. Like anything can be named after anything. Yeah, so I'm reading here the, they changed their name to Mammoth when they discovered the ah. name Genesis was already <laughs> being used. Wow, what bad luck, man. Yeah. In 1974, they changed it officially from Mammoth to Van Halen. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I, I listened to a David Lee Roth talk once about Van Halen and... Man, I would love to get a real documentary about what happened with that band. You mean like, like that that first, like when when David Lee Roth and Van Halen split ways the first time? Yeah, because it sounded real. Like David Lee Roth, um, fellow Jew, didn't want to like shit talk Van Halen. Um, and this interview was from like, I think a year ago or so at this point. So Van Halen, you know, Eddie was, was sick, but still alive. Um, mm -hmm. but you could, you could tell David Lee Roth didn't want to shit talk him, but you could also tell that he was trying really hard not to shit talk him. Um, and that's also one of the other reasons I've always kind of felt weird about Van Halen is that he's always been kind of an odd ball. Like, I, you know, I can't play any of his music. I love listening to it. I can't play any of it. And by most accounts, he's like, kind of out. I'm pretty sure at one point he claimed he was curing cancer in his basement. Like, he, he doesn't think he got cancer from smoking cigarettes his entire life. He thinks he got cancer from holding guitar picks in his mouth. Holding metal guitar picks in his mouth. and. Yeah. He kicked the bases from their band out of the band that had been there for 30 years to make room for his son, which is like, that's cool if you're the kid. That was so shitty, yeah. That was so shitty. Yeah, yeah. That was really <laughs> shitty. And David Lee Roth also like didn't have the world's greatest thing. But the same... Alright, so let me ask you that then. How much do you value how good of a dude the musician is when accounting to for how much you enjoy them? Uh, none. none. I absolutely like, well, well. So the fact that Roger Waters is like the worst doesn't affect your listening to like, you know, Pink Floyd. I could still listen to the wall and enjoy it. Yes. Um, so it, it's tough though, because like, it doesn't make. I don't know. It, it, it's it. It is sometimes hard to differentiate and, and separate the two, but for the most part, I'm able to separate like, you know, the Eddie Van Halen, the you know, the idealized you know artist, you know, guitar player in my head versus Eddie Van Halen, the dude who may or may not be a dirtbag. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it it's it's a weird line to toe. Um. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, we've talked about this a bunch before um, mm -hmm. Before we started recording. Like, I always have this thought to myself with Bob Dylan. Because mm -hmm. I love Bob Dylan. Yeah. But also, yeah. Bob Dylan seems like he's kind of a dick. Um, yeah. Or at least yeah. was back in, the, back in the, the late 50s, early 60s when he was first starting to get famous. Um, sure. He fucked over a, a lot of guys. And it's like, the music that he, he made is phenomenal. And he's one of my favorite musicians. But at the same time, it's like, 
oh, fuck, man, you were kind of an asshole. Like, I don't make let it stop me from listening to Bob Dylan the same way I don't let the fact that I have kind of weird feelings about Van Halen let me stop me from listening to Van Halen. But I feel a lot better when I listen to the Foo Fighters because I know David Grohl's a pretty cool dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so I will say that, like, knowing that someone is, like, a good dude makes me enjoy the music more. But I don't think... I'm trying to think. Like, I, I can't think of anyone that, like, I don't listen to that I like musically, but, like, just can't get past the the, the fact that, like, they're a fucking shithead or like they you know like eat babies or something like whatever i don't know um chris brown i see i don't i don't listen to chris brown anyway though so like oh, his music's so good it's the hardest part same thing with um uh what's his fucking name he's in jail now what's his name uh the i believe i can fly guy what's his fucking name uh r kelly r kelly yeah i don't uh, listen to r kelly anymore which sucks because remix to ignition is still one of like the best r&b songs from my childhood yeah um, but yeah it's not happening yeah well so that <sighs> obviously eddie van halen just just as a you know caveat obviously he's nowhere near either of those guys yeah, just, yeah uh, just just to throw that out there. Obviously, um, being being mean to David Lee Roth is nowhere near <laughs> these two guys. <laughs> um, yeah. If you had to be trapped in a room with either Eddie Van Halen or R. Kelly, who would you choose? Ooh, that's you know that's a great question because Eddie Van Halen is obviously the safer pick. But if you could get the two of them talking, you'd learn a lot more talking to R. Kelly. Yeah, I. Ah, uh, no, maybe I don't know. Probably, definitely, definitely. Just because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, de- de- definitely. Um, I don't know. What are you going to take away from? Because you know, I we we've seen many many celebrity deaths recently. Yeah. Um, Eddie Van Halen wasn't even the only musician to 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 die that day. Mm-hmm. Um. So what are you going to take away? So this is it's it's always a good opportunity to go through the catalog and you know listen to to some other songs and and you know think about the legacy. What are you what are you going to be taking away from Van Halen? So so again, I you know I've gone I, I went back you know on was it Tuesday that we found out um uh listened to Van Halen one and two um like twice. <laughs> um but I think I think I think this this kind of uh is you know we're seeing we're seeing guitar heroes, guitar gods um go down in numbers and I don't think that's a trend that's going to change anytime soon. I think Obviously, there is always going to be, you know, tremendous guitar players and like amazing music being made. But as far as, you know, guitar players who transcend guitar playing into like the mainstream spotlight, um, I think those days are kind of, uh, they're not here right now, at least. Um, And so, I mean, it's a huge loss to the guitar playing community. Um, and, uh, and I think, I think, um, I think because, you know, he inspired so many, so many people to pick up the guitar, um, and continues to inspire so many people to, to play the guitar that in kind of the music community's shared grieving of, of this loss, um, there's the potential for a lot of really cool music to, to, to be made, you know? And I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if some really great music, specifically some really great guitar music is made and put out in the next three, six, nine months. There's a, there's a gestation period there. Well, I mean like, you know, you gotta, you, no, gotta, no, no. you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I think for me, I think my biggest takeaway for Van Halen 
uh, the guy in terms of how I viewed him, especially in not being capable of playing what he played. And I have come mm-hmm. to terms with that along. At some point throughout every musician's journey, you're going to see a guy and you're going to be like, I can't do it. And you're going to be mad at him <laughs> or her for a while. And then eventually you're going to have to go, that's okay. <laughs> um, but I think, I think my big takeaway for Van Halen is the man fucking had fun. Like, yeah. again, one of the reasons I never really connected with Ingwe Malmsteen is, one, the music was never really my music. But also, like, when you watch Ingwe play, he looks like he's trying really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but that's not how I want to play music because I'm not a professional. I'm a guy. And I don't want to like yeah. die and yeah. get frustrated every time I play. And that's one of the cool things you see about Van Halen, like we talked about, is that like the dude always seemed like he was just having fun. Yeah. And that yeah. is such a virtue because for the vast majority or hobbyists, the vast majority of us who play music are playing music because we enjoy it, not because we're getting paid to. And even the people who got paid, who get paid to started off because they just fucking enjoyed it. And, you know, that might seem dumb, but I, like, I know me personally, I will get frustrated with myself after a bad, like, session of, of sitting down playing if it's not good. And finding joy out of it is a very basic concept that might be hard sometimes. And Eddie Van Halen was always a dude at like the top of his game who seemed to also just be fucking having a good time. You make a great point, you know, in that, that, you know, it's, it's as soon as you take away the fun from it, you know, it, it really takes away a lot of, you know, why we got into the instrument in the first place and why we got into playing music in the first place. And so it really epitomizes what it means to, it just like kind of have fun with with what you're doing and and not to not to lose that part of 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 playing i i have another non van halen topic i'd like to bring up for a little bit if i may but i want to give an opportunity for any i guess uh closing remarks or any other any other ideas you had about the uh about the man that we, we came to talk about today uh I have none other than to say that you know he he will be missed and 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 rock on straight up man if 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 you're out there and you're like fuck what do I do without Van Halen the answer is play your fucking guitar that's all there fucking is man um so th- I I I made mention to it and I figure well why not bring it up in a little bit more in full but Johnny Nash di- or uh, yeah no I got the name right yeah, Johnny, I, I always doubt it because I always think I'm trying to say Johnny Cash and I'm not. Johnny Nash died on the same day as Van Halen and kind of got blown over because I think everyone, more people know Van Halen than know the name Johnny Nash. Um, but do you know who Johnny Nash is? I just looked him up. I did not. Uh, I, I'm sorry to say, but. Um... So he was, yeah. he, he was he was the I can see clearly. I can now see guy. clearly now. Yeah. yeah. Um, another really big part of his legacy, which is what I, I want to, I guess, talk a little bit more on. And we don't have to spend too much time on it, only because we've, we've been on for an hour. But um, he's the guy that brought, literally brought Bob Marley to the United States. Um, like, he's the, he made reggaeton, like, a thing for wide audiences. It's not to say it, like, didn't exist any, anywhere in, you know, the Caribbean or various parts of the U S reggaeton has, has lived in Washington Heights for longer than we have been alive. Um, but bringing it to, to a mass consumer audience is a huge deal, um, for any genre and, uh, reggaeton having such, um, cultural implications, I think makes it especially important and, and, um, meaningful, uh, are, were you are you a reggaeton guy at all? Not really. Um, no, <laughs> outside of outside of like you know, uh, 
I guess like the hits like that that anybody would know by like Bob Marley and stuff like never really explored that genre. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, to be honest here, me me neither. Um, it was just, there was I I listened to Bob Marley when I was younger because I think everyone did, um, but you know. I didn't have a huge listening. Uh, there are not a lot of people around me that listened to reggaeton in the way that like everyone around me all listened to Van Halen. So I, I know all the hits from, from Bob Marley. I got a couple Peter Tosh songs up in my head, but like, that's all I really got. Um, but I figured it would be worth the shout out reggaeton. I, um, is a very it's such an interesting genre i think it led to a lot of changes in what we see in um led to a lot of changes in, in what we saw in r&b and, and dance music and pop and hip-hop but it wasn't it's that weird part of music that like didn't really get touched in the same way that jazz did where eventually it became mainstream and then morphed into eventually other genres that led back into jazz, uh, but still was a huge consumer um, genre for, for a while there. But uh, it, it's, it's weird. Everyone knows reggae. Everyone knows Bob Marley. And then, but most people aren't going to know anything past that, which is such yeah. an odd dynamic. But I digress. Just want to give a shout out to Johnny Nash. Uh, that was it. Um, yeah, and 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 end of end of of sentence. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no. I wish I had more to contribute to that last little bit there. Though I was I was vigorously trying to read to catch up to try to like, oh, let me try to find something I could say that'll be interesting, and I couldn't. It's just it's just <laughs> it's just crazy the idea that you can bring. A unheard like what's a genre that that or what's a region of music that exists that you don't know what it sounds like at this point like it was a big deal when the beatles went to india and 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 brought back indian sounding music you know um that was a big thing because there was large swaths of the population who like never popped on their Ravi Shankar albums and, and, and did it and, you know, did some yoga. Like it, it, it was a big deal. It's a, it was, it's a big deal that Johnny Nash brought reggaeton over from, from uh, Jamaica and, and the Caribbean because there was large swaths of the population that just didn't, can you imagine that? Didn't even know what it sounded like. Like now you got Karunga Bin out there doing weird Southeast Asian shit when they're just white dudes from California and you can go on, on, on YouTube and find any, like low key African tribes individual beats. Like I can't fathom the idea of not knowing what what something sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy to me. And you know, that's what I think makes Johnny Nash's story so interesting is that like he went and was one of the dudes that just went and did that. He just was like, we need more people to hear this and then did it. That's it's just crazy to me. Yeah, well, R.I.P. Johnny Nash, man. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, one final note before we go. Have you listened to Age of Ads yet by Sylvian Stevens? I have. I did. I listened to it this morning. Oh, what'd you think? Um, it was honestly, it was a it was a slow starter, man. The first two tracks or so, I was like, this is gonna be a little bit of work to get through. Maybe. Um, admittedly, I'm not as I'm I'm not a huge Sufjan fan, so um by the end of the album though dude the last track what is it um uh it's not vesuvius it's um it, it's long it's the long one it's like 25 minutes whatever that last song is is phenomenal it's great um oh it's escaping me what is the hell is the name of the impossible soul yes oh it was such a great song that was, it was fantastic um it was a great album did you did you get what I meant by the word industrial? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I do. Yes, I understand. Um, I understand now. Um, but uh, but yeah, 
Yeah. All right, cool. I'm glad you listened to it. I'm glad you you dug it. Do you want to outro us or shall I? Um, I think you know why. Uh, I, I think, uh, um, yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. If you want to follow our show page on Twitter, you can do so at YCBSPod on Twitter. And you can hit us up via email to complain about us at ycbspod at gmail.com or to give us topic ideas for the future. We talked about music a lot recently. We're open to anything, so let us know. And that's ycbspod at gmail.com. And uh, until next Friday, that, that's the show. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.